but we want to start like a series of uh, teaching. And uh, we have prepared this booklet. Uh, basically, it is for the new members of the church. But And time and again, we have new members lunch. Um, but uh, I would, in fact, say that even if you are not a new member, you're all member of the church and would like to know uh, who we are and how, what is the vision and, you know, how we function. So if you're not being for new members lunch, I would say sign up for it. You, we are planning to keep it regularly, uh, maybe once in two months or so and so forth. So please do sign up whenever uh, it is announced. If you'd like to now in this booklet, we thought we will do the series of teaching. And in this booklet, we see uh, about the commitment and involvement uh, in the church. So, you know, it speaks about a commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, to missions, to love one another, you know, to life groups, to serve, to give financially, and to pray, and to the life of New Life Church, and to the fellowship. And I would like to start right from the last point, that is the importance of fellowship. The importance of fellowship. The scripture says in Acts chapter 2 verse 42, and they continued, that is the disciples, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. So the early church not only met in synagogues or different places, they also met house to house. And in fact, it says that they met daily. So the scripture says they continued steadfastly, faithfully, you know, and they continued in what? The word of God, the Bible study, and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And today I would like to focus on fellowship. Now if you notice here, there are four things it's mentioned. Apostles' doctrine, fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer, the four things. So it kind of gave, gave me a picture of a chair, four stands or four legs of the chair, you know, and if you take out one leg of it, you will be unstable. If you try to sit on it, you might fall. That's why the four legs are so important on a chair and to balance it. And that's what, you know, the scripture says here, all these four things that is studying God's word, fellowship, communion, and prayer is very, very important in the life of the church. Talking about fellowship, when you look in the Old Testament, you know, when God gave the commandment to them, the law to them, he said about keeping the Sabbath. You know, and it is holy. So in other words, God was saying, at least once a week, give me that time. You know, spend time with me. Give me that time and keep the Sabbath. And they had taken it so seriously and it was so important for them 
Now, the you should understand this. The people of Israel were in Egypt. You know, they were all muddled up, worshipping different gods and goddesses. And, and then Moses had to come and kind of God had to straighten them up and tell them, do this, do this, do this, and give them the law. And one of the things was to keep the Sabbath. And you know what? If they don't keep the Sabbath, what would happen? In Numbers 15, verse 30 to 36, we find that one person, he did not keep the Sabbath. He was working in the field, and he was stoned to death. So he didn't keep the Sabbath, and he was stoned to death. It was so serious that time. Well, I ordered some stones from BNQ. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> but it was so serious for them to keep the Sabbath. And in the New Testament, we see that for the early church, having that fellowship, meeting together, was very important, very important for them so that they could come together, pray, encourage one another, build one another. And there is a dynamic when we come together and worship God and seek God's grace. Amen? You know, the society that we are living in is like, as someone said, a consumer society. We like to consume. We like to just draw, but don't, don't want to give. And that's what many times when we come to church, it's like, we would like to draw, but we don't like to give. You know, it is something like the Dead Sea. It is said the moment of the African and Arabian tectonic plate shifted the land between the Dead Sea and the Mediterranean Sea when it rose. And consequently, this cut off the ocean water supply for the Dead Sea, thus leaving it landlocked. The sea is fed by waters of fresh water, and due to lack of outflow, water gathers in the Dead Sea and then evaporates in the hot desert, leaving behind large amount of salt. The Dead Sea's water is about 10 times saltier than normal ocean water. It is said there is an inlet, but there is no outlet. And as a result, nothing grows and there is no life. So there is an inlet, but there is no outlet. And nothing grows and there is no life. And sometimes in our life, it can be the same way. We can just receive, receive, receive. But we also need to give. And that is the dynamic of having fellowship together. When we come together, live this life, church life, worship together, in meeting together, doing different things. You know, we are not just receiving, but we are also giving to one another. You know, time and again, from the time I have come here, I've been saying to you to this, that each one of you, God has called you for a purpose. Each one of you. God has a plan. God has given you the gift, the talent. You know, and I would like to see that being used in the kingdom of God. 
I would like to see each one of you grow in the kingdom of God. I would like to see God's purpose and plan being fulfilled in your life. And that's why we need to be willing to give. Amen? You know, John F. Kennedy, you know this, the famous saying, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Ask what you can do for your country. In other words, ask not what your church can do for you, ask what you can do for your church. What you can do for your church. And that's why fellowship is so important. You know, this example you must have heard about when you keep all these coals together burning, there is that fire, there is that warmth. But you take out one piece of coal out of that group of coals, soon that one coal will die down. And that's why we need to be together, especially I'm telling you, the day and age that we are living in is not easy. You know, we just saw a glimpse of this pandemic that we have, we have gone through. You know, and I believe there will be times and there will be tough times. And that's why we need each other. We need each other to encourage, pray for each other, support each other. And let us not be isolated, but let us be together in the kingdom of God. And that's why the writer of the Hebrew, he had to say this in Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers. So he's saying, don't forsake it, don't neglect it, to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another. And all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. Every day we are coming closer to the coming of the Lord, to the end times. I don't know when it's going to be, but every day we are coming closer to it. And that's what the writer of the Hebrew says, all the more faithfully you see the day approaching. What you need to do, you need to assemble together, encourage one another, build one another. Amen? Are you with me? You know, when I'm sharing this word to you, this is not to take you to, into a guilt trip, you know, but this is to encourage you and to build you up, okay? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 said, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. You know, it is important, you know, to ask ourselves this, with whom I'm fellowshipping more? Who are my friends? You know, I would like to spend more time with believers. Yes, God has called us to be a witness, to reach out, to share the gospel. But at the same time, we need friends who will pray with each other, build each other up. Let us not be isolated. You know why? Because the scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Wow. 
says, be sober, be, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil walks about like a roaring lion. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, let me tell you, the moment you became believers, you were in that spiritual battle. Okay, we have an enemy, the devil. He wants to destroy our life. And that's why Paul, uh, Peter says that be vigilant. Be vigilant, you know, in your life, in your walk with the Lord. You know, it is like a family went to a zoo and there was this one area where there were a lot of wild animals, lions, tigers, and a lot of wild animals over there. And suddenly one of the little boy, he strayed away from the family and he was walking on his own, away from his family. The zookeeper saw that and he brought it to the attention of the uh, father and mother and said, can you please keep your child with you? Because this is a dangerous area. The moment this wild animal sees someone who is isolated or on their own, they will attack. They will attack. And that's why you need to be in the group. You know, when you go to the safaris and all, they go in a group together so that they will prevent the attack from the wild beast. And that's the example Peter is giving. Be vigilant because the devil walks about like a roaring lion. He's not the lion, he's the roaring lion. He thinks he's lion, but he's not the lion, but he would like to destroy your life. You know, in church, as we live together, do life together, there are times when we rub shoulders with each other. There are times when, you know, um, people can be offended or there are times when, um, you know, people can be discouraged. And, you know, over the years I have seen a lot of people, when people take the offense, uh, either they leave the church or they, their commitment to the Lord or to the church becomes less. And that's where the enemy attacks. He would like to attack the believers. You know, this is a classic video you can see here. Two, I don't know, this antelope or deer or whatever it is, are fighting. And watch this, what happens here. Someone is coming, taking the opportunity You know, these two, sorry, what was this, I Okay, whatever that was. <laughs> um, fighting. And the lion took the opportunity of that moment and attacked that animal. In the same way, you know, when we isolate ourselves, when we, you know, busy, you know, with all the things that are not right, the enemy attacks. 
And that's why we as fellowship body of Christ, we, you know, united. You know, Nidhi read earlier the scripture from Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell in Amen. Where we focus on the Lord and fellowship is so important. And I'll always encourage you, you know, I understand if you are sick or you're not keeping well, you can't make it to the church, that's fine. But if you can, please do come to church. You know, there might be times, you know, uh, you might be a bit tired or maybe you get up in the morning and you don't feel like your mood is not good. You know, don't allow those emotions to overtake. You know, make that decision. Oh, even though I don't feel like going, I will go. I will go, you know, to the church. And I'm telling you, you never know how God will bless I have always experienced and seen this. You know, uh, let me give an example of me. When I was a new believer, um, I used to go to church and it was a long walk, about one hour's walk, you know, to go to this church. And every Sunday I used to go. And one Saturday evening, I was not feeling well. I was very sick. And the whole night I didn't sleep. And morning when I got up, I felt very weak. And I thought I will not go to church and I'll stay back. But something within me was telling me, I believe the Holy Spirit was saying, no, go, go, go. So with that weakness, I walked one hour and I went to church, somehow reached there. And the praise and worship was going on. And over there, let me tell you, the praise and worship, they always dance. They like to dance. You know, we don't do it here. Maybe one day we will. You know, and as they were dancing, you know, I said, no, I can't do this. I was like sitting down. And just Lord spoke to me and said, come on, dance. And I started dancing and praising the Lord. I'm telling suddenly all my weakness, all my sickness gone. I felt the strength of God and everything was normal as if I did not have this sickness. And that was me, my testimony. I'm not saying it will be the same with you or will have the same experience. That's what happened to my life. And that's why fellowship is so important. You know, New York Times, it says going to church boosts the immune system and decreases blood pressure. I didn't know that. It may add as much as two to three years to your life. The reason for this is not entirely clear. Then the Daily Mail in 2016, you know, put this from the NHS where it says going to church could save your life. People of God, you know how important it is going to church. It says going to church could save your life, reports the Daily Mail, adding that people who worship once a week are 25% less likely to die early. And when I found this article, I said, wow, that's very nice. I should share this to the church. <laughs> because there is a different dynamic when we come together to worship God something happens amen you know you you are in, are, are you let me tell you are you blessed 
to come to church. Yeah? You're blessed, isn't it? You know, how many of you got discouraged when you go here? Forget about what people say to you, each other, but I'm talking about the service, hearing the word of God, worshiping God and all that. Yeah? Do you feel encouraged and be blessed? Okay, something happens. You know, this is a very good example of the penguins in Antarctica. In Antarctica, it is said that when the winter sets in, it is very cold. It can go up to minus 50, sometimes minus 55, 60 degrees. It's very freezing cold. And it's very windy. You can't survive over there on your own. It's very difficult. But you know, the penguins, what they do, during that time, they all come together, they huddle together in that hostile weather. And that keeps them warm. And they take turn. You know, whoever is in the outer circle, after some time, they turn, take turn to go inside the circle. And those who are inside the circle comes outside. And they take turn together to be together in that stormy weather, freezing weather, so that they will be warm together. And that's what happens. There is a synergy when you come together. Amen? There is a synergy when you come together. What is synergy? Synergy is the interaction of multiple elements in a system to produce an effect different from or greater than the sum of the individual effects. The term synergy comes from the Greek word synergia, from synergos, meaning working together. Meaning working together. You know what happens in synergy? When we talk about synergy, let me give you an example. One strong horse pulls 9,000 pounds, but when two strong horses pulls the wagon, how much it should be if you just sum it up? 18,000, right? But you know how much they can pull together? 35,000 pounds. That is synergy. That is synergy. The Bible says in Leviticus 26 verse 8, five of you shall chase a hundred. Okay? So if you sum it up, a hundred will chase how many? 2,000. Yeah? Mathematicians here? Am I right? Yeah, that's a normal calculation. But it says, a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. That's called synergy. When you come together, there is a dynamic. It gives you more power to do greater things, to achieve greater things in life. And that's why fellowship is so important. Fellowship is so important. What happens? Fellowship builds friendship. Fellowship builds unity. Fellowship builds the kingdom of God. Amen? And that's why Psalm 22, 22 says, I will declare your name to my brothers. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. 
So when you come together, we, you know, in the midst of the assembly, we praise him, exalt him. And then here, Psalm 73, verse 1, here is the psalmist who is discouraged, who is down. You know, he says his steps had almost slipped. In other words, he's saying with all that was going on in his life, his faith had almost slipped. He was envious. He was struggling. But then verse 16 says, when I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. Have you ever tried to understand your problem? And the more you try to understand your problem, it becomes even more painful. Let me tell you this. Don't try to understand your problem. Trust in God. Put your faith in God. Declare the word of God. Declare the promises of God. And you know what the psalmist did? When it became more painful for him, he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood the end. Amen? Until I went into the sanctuary of God, until he went to the assembly of God, then he understood. You know, in one church, there was not this church, uh, some other church, there was a lady who was not very happy in the church and um, so this lady went to the pastor and said, Pastor, I won't be coming to your church anymore. The pastor responded, but why? The lady said, oh, I saw a woman gossiping about another member, a woman that is a hypocrite, the worship team, team leaving wrong, not this team, people looking at their phone during service, among so many other things wrong in your church. You know, I don't want to come to the church. The pastor replied, okay, before you go, do me a favor. Take a full glass of water, fill to the brim, and walk three times in the church while the service is going on. She said, oh, that's easy. So she took the glass of water, filled to the brim, and as the church service was going on, she walked around the church. And he said, when you walk, see that you don't spill the water. She said, okay, I'll be careful. So she took the glass of water and walked around. And then she came back to the pastor and she said, well, pastor, I did what you said. And the pastor asked him, okay, now I would like you to answer me this. When you walked three times in the church with the glass full of water filled to the brim, and I told you to be careful not to spill, did you spill the water? She said, no, I was very careful. So then the pastor asked, while you were walking around, did you notice anyone gossiping? She said, no. Did you see anyone on their phone watching the phone? She said, no. Did you see any hypocrites around? She said, no. I said, why? Because she said, I was concentrating on that glass so that the water will not spill. And I didn't have the chance to look around what others were doing. So the pastor said, that's right. 
In the same way, when you come to church, let our focus be on the Lord, to worship Him. You know, don't get distracted with what others are doing, how others are behaving, but let us focus on God. And when we do that, all these things will not discourage us, will not affect our life. Amen? So just in closing, fellowship provides encouragement. You know, it says in Hebrews 10, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. Then fellowship reminds us we are not alone. Amen? It reminds us we are not alone. First Corinthians 12, 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We need each other. And let me tell you, we are there for you anytime that you need as leaders. Then fellowship helps us grow. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. So when we all participate, you know, there is the worship team that leads us into worship. There are people who serve the communion. There are people who welcome you. There are people who is doing the PA system. There are people, you know, just while during the worship, raising the voice and praising God and thanking God and praying together. There are people who do teas and coffees. And there are so many things that we all contribute in the kingdom of God, in the church life. And you know what? It says, the scripture says, it strengthens all of you. It strengthens all of you. It strengthens all of you. Then it goes on to say that, you know, then the last bit is fellowship attracts the presence of God. Fellowship attracts the presence of God. Jesus said, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Amen? Where two or three gather in my name, there I am, am I with them. Hallelujah. And that's why David, he knew the secret of going into the house of Lord. That's why he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He didn't say, I was sad when they said unto me. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And this last scripture is Psalm 92, where it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Amen. Who? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. Do you want to flourish? 
Do you want to still bear fruit? Do you want to be fresh? Church is the place. Fellowship is the place. Amen? Where we come together and we see great things happening. And as I said, there is synergy when we serve God together. There is synergy when we do together in church life. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, the days are coming. I believe that God will do greater things. Are you ready? Are you prepared to be used by God? Are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to make those sacrifices. I'm willing to say to you, yes, Lord, I will love you and serve you. Hallelujah. We have the worship team. And as the worship team comes, uh, plays the music or play one song as we close. Let this be your prayer this morning. Lord, help me to overcome every deeds of the flesh. Help me, Lord, to do your will. Help me, Lord, to be part of this body that you have placed. Use me for your glory. Let this be your prayer. If you do not know what is your calling, what is your gifting, ask God to show you. And step into it by faith. Many times we think that once I'm perfect, then I will do stuff. But it's the other way around in the kingdom of God. When you're not perfect, you take that step by faith to serve God. God will make you perfect. Maybe there are some of you here. You have maybe certain issues in life and struggles that you're going through. Ask God to deliver you from that. And to be an overcomer. God has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And as the time is approaching for his coming, as I said, each day, every day, we are coming closer to the coming of the Lord. Let's not waste time. But say, Lord, I want to do your will. What is our life's goal? Is it to good have good house, good family, good bank balance? I believe our goal is to do the will of God. That's why Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Book of Chronicles says, the eyes of the Lord is moving to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose heart is committed towards him, so that he will work on behalf of them. Thank mm -hmm. you.
God's eyes are looking for you. Are you willing to say, here I am, Lord. Choose me. Fix your eyes on me. Use me for your glory. Because God needs you. Let's worship.